On this episode of Video Culture, we'll talk a very green Christmas with a very Harold and Kumar Christmas and Friday after next. In a time where everyone has a podcast, in a place where everyone has an opinion, two heroes, Matthew and Ryan, against all odds, are here to save your movie viewing experience from total disaster. Your trip through the video aisles of yesteryear begins now. There will be chills, there will be thrills, and there's a good chance that Ryan will have a coffee spill. They'll discuss the quality, cultural significance, and more detail, frankly, than you bargained for. Here's your host, Ryan Acree and Matthew Essery. And thank you for joining another episode of Video Culture. I'm your host, Ryan Acree. And I'm your host, Matthew Estery. Merry Christmas, Ryan. Merry Christmas to you and to everyone. And uh, apologize to our listeners if you follow, um, like, every couple of weeks. Uh, we've kind of had a hiatus uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, much needed sort of, um, you know, sort of, sort of break. And so, Sometimes life gets in the way, and that's okay. I mean, it happens, you know. Right. We've we've done uh, our due diligence to try to keep up with, you know, with everything for, uh, you know, we're now in our, our third season, Matt. This is like the third year that we've been doing this. Can you believe it? Yeah. Yeah, we're about to have our, se- we're going to have our season finale next episode where we talk about our third season. So we're actually heading into our fourth. Yeah, getting ready for which is crazy. fourth yeah. seasons. Amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing. And, uh, but I can't wait to talk about these two, uh, two films. Now, you first suggested this, and I was like, "Okay, really?" But then I I watched them both, <laughs> which is often your reaction to these things. Is- like, okay, I mean, and and you know, sometimes I turn my head, but I know almost always when you have an idea, it's for a reason, mm-hmm. you know. And so, but my question to you is like a very Harold and Kumar Christmas and Friday after next. You were like, they're both like kind of goofy. You know, based around Christmas movies. Have you seen these two movies before? I had not seen these two movies before, though I had seen the other. I had seen they're both they're both trilogy cappers. They're both part threes, and I had seen the first two of either trilogy. Okay. So part of it was me selfishly saying, "Well, let me knock these two off my have never seen list." Mm-hmm. But also, I thought it was so peculiar that you have these two stoner comedy trilogies that have part threes that are both Christmas themed. Yeah, they they have a lot in common. They're they're both. Kind of based around, you know, smoking marijuana. I mean, let's just say it. They're, I mean, they're rated R films. I mean, come on. Uh, they're they're both sort of very zany, goofy, you know, rated R comedies, right? Uh, yeah. That are kind of, you know, that are raunchy and, uh, you know, for kind of like specific like younger audience. And yes, they both have, you know, three movies. And the third one is Christmas themed, which is just such an odd detail. And I, and we we had already talked about you know 
Friday and Friday after next, and uh, and I, I or excuse me, we we talked about Friday and and uh, and next Friday. Uh, excuse me, those titles get confusing to me. But we talked about Friday and and uh, and next Friday, and I, I and we realized as we were talking about this, we ha- we rarely ever have the opportunity to talk in depth about a part three because right. so much of our format is based around you know standalone movies or a movie and its sequel. We don't get a lot of trilogy talk because most trilogies are really too big for this show to cover. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're we're not going to talk about like Indiana Jones or Back to the Future, or Star Wars, so we don't get into a lot of of like trilogy talks. So I thought that would be another reason why this would be fun to do. But mostly, I, I just wanted to do something for Christmas that wasn't typical Christmas movies. You know, and like yeah. everyone talks about It's a Wonderful Life. You talk about Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, but no one's talking about you know. Friday I mean, after next, right? And, and and you know more modern movies. You're you know you're talking about like uh, Home Alone, or you know uh, Elf, that, 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 Jingle yeah, All Elf, the Way. Uh, yeah, those are all becoming you know fast classics from from our childhood. You know, yeah. And um, you know, and I I, I think that uh, well, let me ask you a question. Since these are both comedies, right? And what what do you think draws? you know comedy like christmas to comedy like what do you think those two why why you think those go together i think christmas for a lot of people is a is a time of like of like awkward tension because i mean we all love our families you know but invariably you know you have the stress of buying gifts you have you have the stress of bad weather you have the stress of dealing with in-laws and and family don't see an extended family don't see all the time and you're trying to make everything work, and you, we, we're all striving for the, this like picturesque idea of what Christmas should be that was been created by movies like A Miracle on 34th Street and, and It's a Wonderful Life. We have this ideal that we're trying to strive for, mm-hmm. and it's stressful. And I think I think the urge is there's so much urge to want to to, to melt down and and freak out because of the stress of Christmas that sometimes you ever heard the old saying, you know, if if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the uh, some of the, one of those natural things about the stress of the holidays is it's you just have to laugh at how absurd it all is how how we get so wrapped up in these these tropes of the holidays and it's such a stressful time that you just kind of want to laugh at it to kind of relieve the tension. Yeah, well, well, not only tropes but like tropes and tradition, right? Like we're just keeping up tradition for you know tradition's sake or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like I I was just watching this TV show. Uh, where this guy, he's from uh, like the um, Middle East or whatever, and uh, he's like, so why, you know, why do you uh, put up a Christmas tree? Well, it's like, well, you know, the family, American family, is like, well, we, my parents did it and their grandparents did it, and he was like, no, 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 who did it first? And they both kind of looked at each other; they didn't know, like, <laughs> you know. So yeah, there's yeah. just like a lot of. Like a lot of things like that, even in Christmas, that we're just like, um, it's just part of the whole tradition, part yeah. of the whole experience, or whatever. And uh, we get so wrapped up in the importance of it, and it's sometimes you just need that silliness to break the tension. I think. Yeah, this is true. Well, and I think too. I just to speak business for a second. A uh, lot of people go to the movies over Christmas time because they are together because. You know, they're looking for something to do. They have time off. Let's go to the movies. So there's a fact that more people go to the movies, uh, you know, around the holidays. And so why not have a fun Christmas movie that everybody can go and enjoy and laugh and have a good time, right? Yeah, that's 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 why so many Christmas films are, are very clearly family films. I mean, I, I would say the vast majority are family-oriented films. But 
that's not these two films. Yeah, and, you know? but most of those are like heartwarming comedies, right? Yeah. Like yeah. like Home Alone, like The Santa Claus, or you yeah. know, whatever. Right? Again, Elf or Jingle All the Way mm-hmm. or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You know, yeah. so many really Four Christmases, Surviving Christmas. Um, you know, The Christmas Chronicles. Uh, I can ramble off these <laughs> things. Santa Claus on. the movie. Yeah, you we know? can just go on and on and on and make yeah. a list. And I know everybody has their favorites, and even that's a tradition, right? Of what Christmas movies that you're gonna watch, uh, gonna rewatch. You know, like so. yeah, like he, he every, every yeah, everyone's always talks about wanting to rewatch. Like again, It's a Wonderful Life, or the big controversial one for for our generation is, do you watch a Die Hard or not? Die is Hard. Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yeah. You know, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so everybody, everyone's got these little, like, 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 you know, tribalistic traditions that they do, and a lot of them are weirdly tied to pop culture. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's why it's important to talk about you know holiday films on our show because we are video culture, mm-hmm. and Christmas films are very much a part of video culture. Yeah, well, very true. You know, whether whether there are movies around certain holidays uh, or. You know, like even Gremlins happened around Christmas or yeah. whether, you know, and even Die Hard happened around, you know, Christmas. Uh, these, you know, movies and, you know, we can get we'll get into a very, uh, very heralded Kumar Christmas and, and next Friday in just a minute. But I just wanted to set that up uh, to talk about because really these films like there's uh, I want to say there's not like a whole lot to say. I mean, not not that there isn't a lot to say, but like they're not like our very typical movies that we watch, where there's just like it's very dense. I mean, they're really just yeah. kind of goofy we're not going to pick apart right? themes of like of like classism <laughs> or social or social concepts with these. Yeah. They're really about, the, about underlying, the underlying message or what the yeah. director was really trying to say. Like you know, there's <laughs> yeah, it's just about slackers who like smoking weed around the holidays, and yeah. you know, I I can relate with that, yeah. but you know. <laughs> uh, well, but, uh, just well, just to kind of preface a very Harold and Kumar Christmas is the third uh, in two thousand four. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. You know, was released two thousand eight. Harold and Kumar uh, is it go to or released from Guantanamo? I think or, it, it's, or it's escape from Guantanamo escape Bay. From Guantanamo, uh, Guantanamo Bay. Uh, so now this is two thousand eleven, and it's a and it's not Harold and Kumar Save Christmas, which I thought it was. It's actually. A very Harold and Kumar Christmas in 3D, technically in 3D, right? <laughs> if Sadly, we didn't have the option of watching it in 3D. I imagine it would have been a lot of fun to see it in 3D. I, you know what's funny is I have a 3D TV. I probably, you know, could have got like the uh, there's probably a you know a Blu-ray out that I could have got or something like yeah. that. But oh well. Yeah. But one thing I like about it, one thing I do like about it, about a, a, a very Harold and Kumar Christmas is that they they do the old trope of 3D stuff where they're constantly throwing crap at the screen. Yes, which is, they don't they don't really do anymore with 3D movies because it's not classy enough. But yeah. but Harold and Kumar is not concerned with that. It's just you know just stuff being tossed at your face constantly. Yeah, it was kind of like a you know I would I would think it was more like an amusement ride in that sort of respect, right? It wasn't yeah, like 3D to like wow, you was a 3D just to be amazed, right? Yeah, it's definitely not deep. It's not trying to be deep. But no. but what is Harold and Kumar? What is a very Harold and Kumar Christmas about, Ryan? What's the actual plot? Okay, six years have elapsed since Guantanamo Bay, leaving Harold and Kumar estranged from one another with very different families, friends, and lives. But when Kumar arrives on Harold's doorstep during the holiday season with a mysterious package in hand, 
he inadvertently burns down Harold's father-in-law's beloved Christmas tree. To fix the problem, Harold and Kumar embark on a mission through New York City to find the perfect Christmas tree, and once again, stumbling into trouble at every single turn. So, but basically it becomes apparent that, like, um, you know, both of them are leading separate lives. Like, you know, Harold is is married, living this kind of, like, uh, you know, suburban life and uh, or not getting married or maybe he's engaged um, and, you know, living this suburban life. And then, you know, Kumar is still like doing the same thing he's always done. And, you know, both of uh, both Harold and Kumar kind of have replaced, you know, their friendship with somebody else. Right. So there's like they, yeah. they both have like kind of counterpart friends. <laughs> I yeah. thought that it's was like, the funniest part. Like they, yeah. you know, yeah, it happens a lot. Like you know, as you as you make friends in college and high school, eventually, a lot of times you do grow apart, and you're gonna find new friends to kind of fill that that hole in your life from growing apart from your friends. And that's a little bit about what this is about, not in any sort of deep way or thoughtful way. It's just it's kind of the crux of of that's the kind of the conflict of this movie. It gets them apart so it can bring them back together. Yeah. Um. So yeah, exactly, and and so yeah, this that's that's how the movie starts. They you know package up and uh you know t- and uh and then also the father. I want to say Danny Trejo plays the father-in-law, yeah. right? The scary yeah, the, father-in-law. Yeah, yeah the, the great Danny Trejo, who's really funny in this. I mean, like oh, he's yeah. like, he, whenever he's in comedies, he's always funny. One of my favorite gags is when he's talking about how important how important Christmas trees are to him in his in his past. And when they show him as a little boy, it's literally just a little kid dressed like Danny Trejo, complete with fake mustache. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of my favorite little gags in the movie. Uh, but yeah, but the whole movie's basically an adventure of them trying to reclaim a Christmas tree that, that Kumar accidentally burned down. Uh, and they get into a lot of misadventures. They run afoul of the mafia. That mm. they end up in, they end up in a in a uh, Broadway show. Uh, they befriend mm-hmm. a robot uh, called Wafflebot. Which yeah, is, Wafflebot. That Wafflebot's honestly my favorite part of the entire yeah. of the entire yeah. movie. Wafflebot's ne- adorable. Yeah, Wafflebot's hilarious. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, you know, reprises his role um, because even at the end of uh, well, in the middle of the Escape from uh, Guantanamo Bay, you know, he gets shot. But I think in the what was it the 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 end credits? Like if you didn't say for the end credits, like. He gets up and kind of stumbles off or whatever. Yeah, he does like the zombie thing where he just gets up and walks off. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and then you know, Patrick Harris basically plays like this, this, this like hyper awful version of himself. Like he's playing Neil yes. Patrick Harris, but like this, like this imaginary like Hollywood awful douchebag version of Neil Patrick Harris. So it's kind yeah. of funny, especially if you know who who Neil is as a person. It's funny to watch him play like like the terrible version of himself. It's, it's just, to me, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's even a more terrible version of the character that he played in How I Met Your Mother. You know, it, because it's like a Hollywood, like just scumbag version, right? So yes. yeah, uh, and, but yeah, but he definitely plays like a fictionalized, very fictionalized version of himself. Uh, and even his uh, his husband David, uh, I'm gonna mess pronounce his name. Bertka, uh, your, your guess is as good as mine on that one, my friend. So anyway, don't feel he bad. plays a fictionalized version of himself, you know, as well. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, because they're, they're but, both. because when this movie came out, like it was very apparent that like you know Neil Patrick Harris was 
you know, was gay and was well, he, married. He, and, you know, well, he so, yeah. he had come out. He had actually come out between uh, between the I believe between the second and the third film. So the yeah. way they addressed it in the third film was like saying that him him coming out in real life was just a ruse right. for Hollywood clout. You know, just, yeah. just a you know a, a little bit of meta commentary, a little bit of meta humor about that. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that was his real husband that like he yeah. you know he kissed like for the Hollywood reporters or, or for, yeah, for and it's and it's it's stuff. fun that they were willing to joke around about that and had such a good sense of humor about that that they they were willing to joke about about that aspect of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not a deep film. I mean. Uh, like I said, the, the 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 two side best friends have their own little um, like the new best friends of Harold and Kumar respectively have their own little side plots. Like like Harold's friend is played by Thomas Lennon from Reno Nine One One. Yeah, uh, Lieutenant Dangle. Opera, Lieutenant Dangle, <laughs> yep. just boot goofing, just new yep. boot goofing. Um, <laughs> uh, and he's he's like basically he thinks like uh, Harold is like the coolest, and he's got. And he's just like basically this whip man. He's got, he's got a new baby, and he's just he basically just kind of pathetic. And uh, he just wants so badly to be Harold's friend. And and you know, and Kumar's new roommate is basically just this you know nerd who's trying to get laid. It's the most typical like like stoner comedy yeah. kind of trope. It's but like, that's how he like ended up a, with- yeah, like a white boy who thinks he's you know super cool, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's how they end up running a fellow of like mafia gangsters, and you know, and really, it's just a, it's just a, a series of just like silly vignettes. Um, yeah, they, but, they uh, end but, up meeting. Sin. Yeah, but eventually, like the two sort of like uh, new sidekicks, you know, get trapped uh, in the you know in the apartment uh, that they go, you know, of the the mobsters or whatever, and then that's what. But Harold and Kumar escape, so they're like kind of together again. Yeah. Uh, kind of like well, on the on the crazy wild adventure or whatever, and then they get then they get saved by the waffle bot, you know, because they get captured by the the guy, and then they wind up shooting. What was that? He Santa sh- Claus shoot, yeah. shot Santa Claus like in. The- yeah, because Santa Claus is real in this universe. They end up shooting him out of the sky by accident. See and, that, uh, but all of that, like that whole scene, I think is where the whole movie like kind of fell apart because I'm just like, okay, I get all the. The absurdity, but I'm like, this is absurdity too far. I mean, come on, <laughs> it's all it's all just silliness to me. I mean, all, I, I, I mean, I know I was fine the, with it. Yeah, I know all the Harold and Kumars were were silly. I mean, it's just like, yeah. uh, I mean, the Guantan. I mean, just them riding on a tiger, you know, yeah. or you know, in the first one, and then like, uh, what was that little that parachute thing that they had on the, yeah. even in the first one, the White Castle. And then even uh, the uh, the other one, like landing on George W. Bush's house, and like, you know, hey guys, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be outlandish. But I mean, I don't know. But yeah, it goes into the fact that yeah, Santa Claus is real in this world. But you know, I just I just roll with it because I mean, like, eh, it's it's almost over and it's silly enough and it's 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 fine. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. I mean, it's not gonna change the world. But uh, I mean, here's the way I look at it: D- did it make me laugh? Yes, yeah. so therefore, mm-hmm. that's all I needed from a Harold and Kumar movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It gave uh, me some chuckles and some guffaws. It, it did. It had it had some some scenes that you know were were definitely funny. Uh, the one thing, okay, here I'm gonna go deep for a second. Okay, okay, Hit all right, me. I'm gonna go deep because I thought about this movie and I was like, what am I gonna say? And I thought about the whole reason. Like they asked Santa, like, what was that package? And they told him, you know, it was it was basically a big joint, right? And then mm-hmm. uh, when Kumar 
said, no, you can't smoke that in here. And he throws it and then it lights the tree on fire. And, you know, then they have to throw the tree out or whatever. Um, the, the Santa says, well, that was supposed to bring you two boys together. But like Kumar was being so, you know, uptight about everything. That's actually like what started the whole thing, you know? So yeah. if you, if you think about it and think about, you know, all of that, then you're just like, oh, wait, you're right. Like Kumar, actually, it wasn't. It was, you know, he kind of blamed it on, you know, uh, or uh, he, it was he, actually Harold's fault. Like, he yeah. blamed it on Kumar, but it was really kind of Harold being really uptight about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the lesson there is that the really the, the arc of both characters is they each learn to be a little more like each other again. Like, Kumar learns a little more responsibility, how to be more of an adult, and Harold learns to, you know, be a little less uptight. It's it's real basic, but it's it's exactly. fun and it's yeah. it's good natured. Uh and you know it's got, it's got funny sequences. Like I mean, like it's not like a cohesive movie, but each little moment is funny in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um like I mean, the stuff with the waffle bot is great, the stuff with Neil Patrick Harris is great. There's this great little stop motion sequence where they're both where they're both somehow on psychedelics. I don't even remember the context of how of how they got high. But they're, they're they hallucinating. Get, the, the, the person gave them the drink. They they played uh, like was a beer pong or whatever with the guys, oh, yeah. and they were like you know uh, with it with the kid, and yeah. uh, then they beat him, and then the kid was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Here you go, guys. Have this drink." Yeah. And then it had yeah, they, it was laced with like psychedelics, and yeah, and it looked like, like uh, it, it wasn't it the same people that did like the MTV. Uh, wrestling, yeah. wrestling. Yeah, yeah, it was like the MTV Celebrity Deathmatch stuff, yeah. but I think it was meant to homage like Rudolph and like those old like those old like stop motion Christmas cartoons. Yeah, uh, which are really kind of like a ad- mix of both of those, really. Yes, yeah. uh, and the, you know, and again, it's all it's it's all it's bare it's barely a narrative. It's it's barely a, it's barely a movie, but it's <laughs> but 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 yeah. it's fun for what it is. I mean, and, right. and it's got a. And it's it's got enough Christmas stuff in it where if if you want to watch a non Christmas Christmas movie with your stoner buddies mm-hmm. or you're sick of like Christmas saccharine films, mm-hmm. I think it, I think it'd be a nice change of pace if you wanted to watch something like an alternative Christmas film. Yeah, like if, if you don't want to watch Die Hard again, if you don't want to watch something like that again, or if or if you've seen all all the Friday or if you've seen all the Friday movies, you know. Check out the Harold and Kumar films, especially this one around Christmas time. I think it's it's full of like Christmas 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 iconography, mm-hmm. and it's it's to me it it works for what it's meant to be, which is a, a diversion. That's really all it is. It's yeah. it's just a nice, you know, barely ninety minute diversion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even uh, you know, uh, who was it? That was oh, and one of our favorites, Patton Oswalt, is also in it. So you know, almost anything like Patton yeah. Oswalt is, is you know. Yeah, he shows up at the beginning as a as a mall Santa, which is uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish he was in there. No, uh, mall Santa slash weed dealer. Let's be honest. Yeah, I kind of wish he was in the. I kind of wish he was in the rest of the movie. To be honest, I with wish you, so uh, too. That would have been. I, I would. Yeah. I would have loved to see more of him in there or yeah. whatever. Like, but anyway. Um. Uh, also, too, another weird thing you may or may not have caught is the the virgin girl that that guy was going to go see. Like, she's like a virgin, right? Because nobody wants to mess with her because her dad's like a, you know, big time gangster. Uh, mm-hmm. But her name was Mary. So that was another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and 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 her father was Elias Codis. Um, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, but he was uh, Casey Jones in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie from back in back in back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in a bunch of Law and Orders. He isn't he a Law and Order guy, right? Uh, so I mean, he's a pretty well known character actor. He's in Wet Hot American Summer. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's yeah. been in a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, even the uh, RZA from uh, Wu Tang is uh is in it. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's uh fantastic. Uh fanta- and uh Dan Levy plays like a reporter too, which is a weird uh weird Yeah, and, and early role for Dan Levy, you're right. He's in that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Jake Johnson plays uh Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jake Johnson does pop up in it, yeah. All and these it, weird I, he's, you know, pop up so like, wait, I know that guy. Like you know, yeah, it's very much a, it's very much like a, the old Chong films, where it's just kind of a hangout movie, you know, where like people yeah. drop in and out of it, you know, it's very much in that vein, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. and uh, so yeah, but the special effects too, I think are, um, I mean, they're kind of wild, but they're they're definitely geared towards that 3D. Like audience, like, what are we gonna do for the 3D? Oh, well, we'll have the you know, cocaine splatter and go like in your face, you know, like everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, and, yeah, and then, the, and they, and they comment about how things are randomly flying everywhere. Like how it would look cool if it was in 3d and like, you know, this weird kind of like winking, like meta humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cause this was at it, a time, you know, in 2000, uh, whatever, 2011, like there was a bunch of stuff like 3d yeah. was kind of, Kind of ramping up a lot of things in 3D, right? Yeah, I'm glad that trend stopped. <laughs> yes, it was a big trend. Uh, well, let's move on to Friday after next. Well, oh, go um, ahead. Well, for, okay. Well, uh, do, do you want to do? Well, well, okay, it's we have to do our, so, our little it's thing. It's been so long, I forget our format. You, I know it has been a while, but we got we got to see the format. <laughs> the, 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 yes. the, there are rules, Donnie. There are rules. There are rules. <laughs> uh, so if so if 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 you were gonna if you were gonna watch this film and you were gonna rewind and savor a moment from a very Harold and Kumar Christmas, what scene would you rewind and savor? Um, the the I mean I I think that there's so much in, you know, the scene where they're in the apartment with uh, when the gangsters show up. There's so much action in that 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 part, uh, even though that it's not funny. I mean, some of it's funny. Some, of it, especially with like the kid, when like kids all like you know cracked out or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that that was some some actually some pretty good action sequences to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the filmmaking is pretty as good as good in those in those sequences for sure. For for me, I I, I really do like the, like I said, I like the stop motion sequence a lot, and I can't stress stress this enough. I really do dig Wafflebot. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was just a silly thing, <laughs> but I, it was so it was so it was so endearing by the end of it that I was like, oh, Wafflebot, yay! Uh. <laughs> so I'm I'm, I'm being very pro Wafflebot. Oh, okay. Um. Now, uh, as far as things you would you would fast forward, and uh, you've got your children in the background, so I'm not going to expect you yeah. to like comment on this part, but I'm just going to say it. You can say whether you agree with me or not. Okay. One thing I could have done without was having to see uh, the penis in the homage to a Christmas story scene. That was a little gratuitous. I will admit. A little much, I, right? I could, yeah. I could do without that part. I mean, I, I know yeah. where they were. I mean, you, you kind of understand where they're going because he's talking about, you know, the the you know frozen pole it was from... just a it was just a very realistic prosthetic for a very a very painful joke and i was like i i don't know man yeah 
Yeah. yeah, a little much. You're, 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 that's you know, really stepping over the line that, of bad that, taste. You know what's funny though that you mentioned that is that's another connection between these two movies. Is that there is someone who has um, damage done to that part of their body. That's true. That's one of the more tasteless things <laughs> about about yes, about no. Friday After Next, which we'll get into. Um, Just one thing I was not a fan of about that film was that whole aspect of it. But we'll, yeah. we'll get into that in a yeah. second. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so I mean, that, that's the part I would fast forward through. How very Harold and Kumar Christmas was just that that whole just that little bit. I mean, that's the only part. And that's kind of punny, you know, little bit. But uh, mm-hmm. but that's the part yeah, I, I would I would skip over. And I know, like the original, uh, like the original movie that, that that came from where the the kid's tongue is stuck to the pole. Uh, they did that with uh, by drilling a hole in the pole and using a vacuum cleaner, and they would just like vacuum. Yeah. That's how they got like so. You know, I but yeah, you can definitely tell it's a prosthetic that they used oh, for. Yeah, I should hope was, so. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like terrible. Yeah, but yeah, but I, I think we're in agreement on that, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah we can okay. cut that out. All right, yeah, so let's let's move on to Go Friday on. after next. Friday after next. Okay, so Friday after next was done in two thousand two. Friday came out in 1995. Next Friday came out in 2000. So this is like just two years later. We're Friday after next. So Craig and Day Day have finally moved out of their parents' houses and into their own crib. The cousins work at night at nights at a local mall as security guards when their house is robbed on Christmas. Uh, no, excuse me. Their house is robbed on Christmas Eve and team up to track him down. So basically, uh, you realize like, uh, you know, Day Day, you know, he, he didn't pay like, uh, and his dad, like they didn't pay taxes or whatever. So they're kind of on their own again. And then like, uh, the Day's dad and, and Craig's dad have teamed up and opened their own barbecue joint, um, in this strip mall. And so I guess. I guess somehow that they lost their jobs at the local mall. Like I didn't get that part. Like why they weren't, you know, working yeah, as security why, guards. Why they weren't working? Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, their their dads get them a job as security guards at this strip mall, mm-hmm. uh, at this like ter- at this really ghetto strip mall where they happen to have their barbecue restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really just like the other show. The uh, first Friday was kind of about them hanging out on, on their porch and their in their neighborhood. The second one was about them kind of being in a different neighborhood. This one is about them kind of just hanging around the strip mall. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit clerksy in a way. It's a little bit like clerks, uh, mm-hmm. where they where they're at their job and they're bad at their job and they yeah, they have weird funny customers come come by. Uh, just I mean, just zany cast of character. I mean, they kind of used some of the things that worked, you know, from the first one of just having just like the zany characters that they run across and and meet. Uh, I think that they, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like a different setting. Like they're hanging out, but like they're hanging out working, right? Like, yeah. Instead of just in their neighborhood, like either in the hood, the first one, or in the suburb, and the second one, this one's they're hanging out at their their job and just seeing the people, like you know, uh, at this the strip mall or whatever. But yeah, yeah the whole I, I, premise is like they. They have their their they got uh, stuff stolen from them. Somebody breaks in their house, dressed as Santa Claus, steals their money, and apparently steals a speaker that has their rent money. Then they have to pay the you know the landlord, the lady. Uh, the you know by the end of the day, they have to have their rent money. Otherwise, that they're going to get kicked out. 
and who's going to kick him out but like the landlord's son who's played by Terry Crews and so yeah but it was weird because middle of the the movie or like three quarters away through the movie that whole like MacGuffin part of the plot was like gone or like even most of the film, like you didn't even feel that that was like a big bearing weight down upon him. Yeah. You, like it should, it should be like, like, like a weight, like always in the background, like creating some sort of comedic tension, but you're right. It's not really there. They bring it back at the end. Uh, but mostly the movies to me, it's shaggier than any of the other Fridays. It, it's, it's, like I joked earlier about about a very held and Kumar Christmas barely being a, a movie, I feel that way even more so about Friday After Next. Like it, it's barely a narrative. Yeah, um, yeah. And I don't mean to be all snobby, but I mean because it's just it's just a bunch of little silly things that are barely interconnected. And some of it, and I'll say this: I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but it's definitely the weakest of the Friday trilogy. Um, I think that there's they, not as many memorable scenes. Yeah, there there is, and I think that he had to have. You know something, uh, you know to keep people along, or like they had to have something that they're, uh, you know, um, to get or whatever. I don't know, but maybe that's what they felt, which is why they put that you know whole part in there. But then I thought it was going to go like completely different, like from the part where they catch the guys, uh, in the in the shop stealing clothes or whatever they catch those pe- you know they actually do their job as security guards right yeah. from that moment on the movie just kind of became a different movie as well yeah it, it's it's uh it's it's i'll just say it, it's sloppy the whole thing is pretty sloppy and uh and your your enjoyment of it's going to entirely hinge on how much you like um uh, Q, how, how much you like Ice Cube and Mike Epps? I mean, really, yeah. the entire thing about the movie is how much it's going to be. How much you like those guys? Well, and I uh, will say, those guys like make the movie between you know him, him and Mike Epps, and also between uh, John Witherspoon and uh, Don Curry, Don DC Curry, who plays his brother Elroy Jones. Yeah. Between both of those, it's you know. There's a there's a lot going on. I mean, they just they play off each other's characters so well. Yeah, you know, and they make it almost rather seamless. It almost doesn't feel so disjointed because of that. Yeah, it, it works kind of moment to moment. And you're, you're right. I should. I mean, you're right. John, I got to shout out John Witherspoon again. He is the MVP of the Friday series. Like he is so consistently funny. Like some of the biggest laughs in the movie are like moments with him and DC Curry. Um, John Witherspoon, uh, just a very, very funny man. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he really makes it work. And um, now, like we said, but the other thing kind of bothers me about this thing is they set this whole Christmas thing up, and uh, Christmas is like the backdrop of this film, and there's not a lot of Christmas stuff in it, really. No, I mean you barely even the- feel like it's Christmas. Like you had a guy dressed up as Santa Claus, uh, you know, rob the house or whatever, right? Um, rob their house, but like everything else that goes on, you don't really feel. I think midway through the movie, they have like uh, John Witherspoon or Willie Jones dresses up like Santa, you know, and has you know kids on their on his lap or whatever. Yeah, and they make John Witherspoon dress up like a reindeer, and, and you know he's he's all embarrassed and mortified, you know, and that kind of thing. Right, and he yells at kids, and that that part's funny. But like the, it's just like it's like they suddenly remember, oh yeah, this is at Christmas Christmas time. It's like they have a little bit of a Christmas thing at the beginning. 
they resolve the thing with the Christmas thief at the end, and there's that little little gag of John Witherspoon in a funny costume in the middle. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's not really a Christmas film at all. You don't even really see like a lot of Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. There's no like plot points or jokes about it being Christmas. Like it's it's all really t- tangently our. It's barely a Christmas film. Yeah, it's it, it, you're definitely correct. Uh, returning from all the series is Ice Cube plays Craig Jones, Mike Epps playing Dede, and did you also get that Dede played the crazy old man with the shotgun? I did not. Was he was he in a lot of makeup? Yeah, my, Mike Epps. That was Mike Epps. <laughs> it doesn't look like him. That's that's, that's impressive. I, mean, yeah. I just thought they got a random. It makes sense because they really focus on the old man at the end during this that final chase. Yeah. I remember thinking it was odd because I'm like, who is that old man? But now it makes sense <laughs> knowing that it's Mike Epps. Right. Uh, John um, Witherspoon plays uh, returns as Willie Jones. Don DC Kerr returns uh, from from the second one as Elroy Jones. Anna Maria Horsford. Uh, you know, returns as Craig's mom, Betty Jones. And then also from the second one, Clifton Powell returns as, as Pinky. So because he's, yeah. you know, friends with Pinky now, he shows up at the end, like at his, uh, just Christmas party or whatever. Yeah. And like, and like, but it's also weird because the yeah, Pinky in the movie, but then, but then they bring in Cat Williams as, as another pimp like store yeah. owner. And it's like, to me, those characters almost felt redundant because you had Pinky and then you had Cat yeah. Williams' character. And they're basically the same kind of character. Yeah. But two separate, I mean, it's, yeah, it felt redundant and again a little bit sloppy. But Cat Williams is hilarious. You got to admit, he is. Cat Williams is very funny. Uh, now we we talked about it a minute ago, but I got to bring up the thing that really bugs me about this film. It's because of the time period it was made. It was a less it was a less aware time, mm-hmm. and we always try to watch these movies in the spirit of which they were made and when they were made. But I really kind of hate that uh, that Terry Crews is. And I'll just say it. He's a gay rapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's the most unflattering well, the, kind the, of low hanging fruit, you, you know, sophomore yeah. humor thing. The, well, the the joke is is he's from you know uh, from prison, and that's what they do in prison, and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. he just he's just he's just become that's his thing. He doesn't even he doesn't know anything else. He's been he's been basically institutionalized. Yeah, um, but yeah, prison, which, is, which is you know is yeah it is it's very tropish for sure. Yeah, it just it just felt cheap, and I and I don't mean to be all all like woke, you know, young, you know, twenty first century movie watcher, but but it made, it made me a little uneasy. I, mm-hmm. I felt bad because mm-hmm. it, it was just such a negative portrayal of of someone who is gay, mm-hmm. and, I, and they they could have subverted it at the end and done something better with it, but no, it just goes for the cheap joke of, of him trying to rape Cat Williams, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll go ahead and tell you a spoiler. That's the part I really. I don't like him and would have fast and would fast forward through. I think it's just yeah. just low hanging fruit. I mean, you know, there cheap. there is also use, you know, of the n word, and there's use of calling you know women hoes. But that is, you know, the language that that they spoke. So I can't really, you know, what I'm saying of of yeah. the end of that time period. I mean, yeah, it it, it just how it is. I think it's a um, fairly accurate portrayal. Basically, yeah. Uh, but, but you're I, right. But I, I when, but when you, but when, but you're right when you push the envelope already. I mean, and this is what this is what I always say about any of that stuff that's that's old or whatever or cancel culture or whatever. We can talk. You know, I don't want to talk about it like on on, on a big scale. It's like you're already at the time period pushing the envelope. So at some point in the future, you know that envelope is going to close, and you're going to be like, okay, that's not acceptable today. 
but you know even when it was made was was kind of like barely acceptable and that's why you're going for the cheap laugh like oh my gosh yeah. i can't believe this is happening and uh you know and it's kind of funny so i think that's where you know I think that's what it is. You know what I mean? I, and yeah, it just it steps over into being bad taste, right? Just to just to put it simply, right. and uh, and to me, like there's enough things I, I like about the Friday series that I was disappointed in that part of it because uh, mm. the other ones don't really have that as much. The other ones don't yeah. really go for that kind of low hanging fruit where they're gonna, you know, mock a subset of people. Um, mm. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that the series was running out of steam at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, and even you know, even the the cops. I thought you know, like showing up at the donut shop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I was just like, oh man. <laughs> I yeah, know that they're yeah. doing everything that they can to make fun of, you know, the cops. You know what I mean? Like every sort of like cop yeah. tropish is in there uh, that you yeah. can that you can think of. Um, Make those. Yeah, it's a, it's like the second film when the first film feels very kind of honest and realistic, but still funny. The second movie goes broad, but Friday, Friday after next, uh, as the third one goes, really, really broad, and I think it's to diminishing returns. Mm. Uh, I still laughed enough at it where I, I don't regret watching it. I'm glad I could I could cap that. I'm glad I could to could you know cross that one off my never seen list. But I I have to admit to being a little disappointed by it. I will say moves pretty quickly from scene to scene to scene and each scene is like a new set of like circumstances almost like it's a um like a like a whole new thing like like it's all a different skit that part you know kind of from the first movie or whatever like you know you you have all this this new stuff coming at you all the time uh but i think that there's just not a big enough anchor uh, to keep everything like attached to or whatever. Yeah, there's there's no through line to kind of keep you invested in yeah. it, and and to me the jokes aren't quite strong enough to make you for completely forget how shaggy it all is. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like I said, I don't regret watching it. Yeah. Um, but so to, to kind to kind of to kind of move on to to our to this thing we always talk about, if you were gonna rewind and savor a moment from Friday After Next, what part would you would you rewind and savor? Uh, that's a that's a good one. Um, I don't know. <laughs> See, like seeing Mike Epps act like Barney Fife, that was some of the funniest stuff to me. I thought yeah, that was like, like really funny when he was just like telling the the singing church leaders to go, you know, take a hike or whatever. <laughs> They're throwing their yeah. purses at him and stuff. I mean, yeah, it was yeah, pretty crazy. My, my, Mike Epps does a, does, a, does a lot by, by coming into this, this series after Chris Tucker left it, and he really does. I mean, he he really comes out looking the best in, in both these in both the the Friday sequels, and mm-hmm. he's he's really funny as Day Day. Yeah. Um, oh, and and the scene too where he's uh uh where after they see uh the robbers or whatever, and they're you know remember the they got stuck on the roof like Craig and yeah now they got stuck on the roof and they jump down. And then they go find the real cops, and he has to explain to the real cops like what's going on, uh, you know. So, and then he he's like, "Man, that's why we need flashlights." And they just laugh. Yeah, that, that's actually my favorite scene. That's uh, that, that's my rewind and saver moment. Yeah, is is when, when when they're when they're trying to explain to the cops why why they need flashlights <laughs> to protect themselves. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, so, that's probably but, the funniest scene in the in the whole movie. Yeah, like to me, I wish it had more of that because I, yeah. I I I love that part. Yeah. Um. 
And of course, the rewind stuff we've already covered. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, I, I don't think you disagree with me on the rewind or, or, or the fast forward part. I think we both cut out like like the like the uh, the, the really negative stuff with Terry Crews. I don't I don't think it really works. Mm-hmm. Um, See, maybe feel weird. Won't you know if if they would have been the security guards, and then maybe they did capture the guy, and maybe they did actually get their rent money back, like while they were still on duty. I think that would have been more hilarious but then they yeah, ended the, it and then the just narrative could have been tighter for sure yeah, yeah i mean then they they get fired by the guy you know so yeah i just i don't know i just it kind of it could have gone a lot better where you could have tied it you know still together you know but i i just don't think that there was enough room uh really because everything just like kind of went from scene to scene to scene it kind of almost didn't there was no sort of like development where you're kind of developing and unwrapping the story, I guess you would say, you know, even though it yeah. is like sort of like situational, um, you know, in Friday you had like kind of lull moments to kind of like, you know, evaluate things or where you are or whatever. You didn't really have that in this movie either. I, 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 I agree uh, for sure. Um, so uh, let's, let's talk about some trivia about both these movies. All right. So, very uh there's so little that it's all on one page like well, cool. for both of them so we'll get through it pretty quick um very harold works for me my friend <laughs> very harold and kumar 2011 uh in april 2009 uh cal Penn accepted a position of associate director of the white house office of public liaison in the obama administration when asked if his new job would mean no more harold and kumar films he said that's probably true for now. And then Penn left his job with the White House on June 1st, 2010, to reprise his role as Kumar <laughs> uh, for this third Harold and Kumar uh, installment that was uh, released in uh, late, uh, it was like November of 2011. So, but yeah, he was only out for like maybe six weeks or so. I can't remember. Uh, one of the lies that Adrian tells Mary is that Kumar works at the White House. Which yeah, was true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the it's a fun little meta joke yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, and there was also a line where um, Adrian says, uh, "Let's drug." You know, when they get the tree, he says, "Let's go throw this off at Sulu's." Well, you know, Harold, uh, who's you know his his real name is uh, John Cho. He played Sulu in the the you know the new Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. The film was released in real 3D, like we already mentioned, on November 4, 2011. The equipment for the 3D included Panavision, excuse me, Panavision Genesis and Element Technica 3D rigs. For those, like I said, I, I imagine it would have been fun to see in a theater just because of the of the of the really goofy 3D effects. It would have been fun. Uh, at one point in the film, Kumar gets into a debate with someone uh, over whether the Karate Kid is better than the 2010 remake of The Karate Kid that was made in 2010. Film co-writers Hayden Schlossberg and John Hurwitz would go on to direct Karate Kid spinoff series Cobra Kai. Which is excellent. You know, I mean, I'm I'm kind of sick of all nostalgia entertainment, but I will say Cobra Kai, if you haven't seen it, Ryan, it's phenomenal. Um, I, I haven't, and I and I need to. It's it's on my you're, list. You're going to love it. You're, you're, yeah. you're going to love it. It's, I, it's legitimately uh, great. Yeah, and I, I know a little bit about it, but I don't want to know too much, you know? So 
Uh, we'll just leave it there. Well, you know me. You know I, I'm picky, and we were just talking about all uh, before we started the show about how sick I am of, of nostalgia entertainment. Mm-hmm. I almost said that during that conversation that the exception to that right now is Cobra Kai. It's that good, and I've heard that from a lot of people. So uh, that yeah. makes it uh, that makes me even want to watch it even more. Um, yeah, because I mean I love like uh, Stranger Things and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 funny and it's poignant. It's really good. And it's kind of amazing to me that the guys who did this went on to do that because it's the tones couldn't be more different. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, the budget was nineteen million. Box office thirty six point two million. So, so you never know. We may see a four at some point. You know, J- John Cho just had his most recent TV series canceled, and, uh, so we may see Harold and Kumar four before it's all said and done. What, what was uh, what was John Cho in? He was in a live-action Cowboy Bebop adaption for Netflix, oh, which was okay. pretty hated. So, uh, I see. so you never know. His schedule's free now. Sad to say. So, mm-hmm. well, you and, never know. And, we will... and you know, uh, Cal Penn is not working for the White House anymore. You know, so. Um, Roger Ebert gave it two and a half out of four stars. Believe it or not, it's funny. He says this vulgar romp is generally harmless, heartwarming affair, a cinematic Christmas and cookie almost sweet and flaky enough to cover the fact that it's laced with hash, cocaine, and associated body fluids, blood included. <laughs> He's a good writer. Uh, man, you got to be a creative, like a real creative. Uh, I'm, I'm too just like too dry. I'm too kind of dry to, to write such creative stuff like that. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, s- critic score sixty nine percent. Critics nice, yeah, that's sixty nine percent critic score, fifty nine percent audience, which is surprising to me. It's, I was like critics would like it more than audiences. Like I said, I had never seen it before. I thought it was, I thought it was charming enough. It is, but uh, you have to admit, out of all three of them, that's that's the weakest that's probably one. Probably the weakest. Mm, yeah, all it's right. kind of the theme for this episode. The, yeah. yeah, I mean that's the, yeah, that's kind of the thing. Uh, but Christmas is a time for forgiveness and acceptance. So, wait, wait a tie in. Wait a tie in. Uh, Friday after next, two thousand two. Uh, the character of Roach. I uh, remember Roach from uh, Next Friday. Uh, I do. Yeah, he uh, was written into the original script, but the script was rewritten after the English actor skateboarder Justin Pierce committed suicide about six months after the release of the previous film, Next Friday. So we talked about yeah. that on our Friday Next Friday episode, and it's uh, you know it's always sad when when it, you know when an actor dies because um, you know we can't enjoy their work For anymore. Their their friends and family don't have you know them around anymore. But yeah. also when when somebody takes their own life, I think it's always the saddest. And uh, it, the dog is in it, right? They're the yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, he becomes basically Craig and Day Day's dog. So yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Uh, Joel McKinnon Miller and Terry Crews would go on to work. Uh, Joel McKinnon Miller, he played uh, the cop, and he had a, a funny name as the cop. What was his, like, Alvin Hall. <laughs> 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 Alvin Hall and Brian Dix were the two, like, yeah. cops. Um, so, so, so A. Hole and, and B. Dix. B. Dix, yeah. 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 Um, uh, anyway, but he, you know, they both would go on to work together again in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Which is a phenomenal sitcom if you haven't watched it. I, I that's something I highly recommend. Is uh, which just ended its se- its, its last season this year. Mm-hmm. Very very funny show. Oh, extremely funny, extremely funny. 
in the DVD's alternative ending, I don't know if you know this or not, but Santa Claus is revealed to be a homeless man robbing people and stealing their gifts so his children can have a nice Christmas. So when the Joneses family and Pinky try to attack him and take their stuff back, the children order them uh, to leave their father alone and take their gifts back because they don't need them anyway. Craig feels bad for them and forgives Santa, and then he lets them keep the presents, and uh, the the Joneses and Pinky spends Christmas with them at the end. Yeah, it's too saccharine. Yeah. Too, too much, much too schmaltzy. It, yeah, it's better with them, you know, with the just two of them, yeah, with the two of them, you know, and, and I think almost every one of the characters got to say, you know, you got knocked the f out, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he and Craig and uh, you know, Day uh, Day got to say it together. So I thought that was uh, great. Um, yeah. and yeah, to see him tied up on the roof. So uh, yeah, they, I think they picked the correct ending there. Uh, the budget was also thirteen million. Oddly enough, isn't that crazy? That both of them have a, you know, well, actually, Harold and Kumar was nineteen million, instead of thirteen. Yeah, but I guess these movies have kind of like a set budget range, you know, like yeah. this is how much a stoner comedy costs, you yeah, know, exactly thirteen yeah. to twenty million dollars, ten to twenty million dollars. That's it. Well, in nineteen, it was later, and it was also three D, so maybe you know, uh, the but the box office for uh, Friday Night Lights was only thirty three point five versus. What was that? Thirty nine, thirty six point two. Yeah, it was not as successful. That's probably why they haven't seen a lot of movement on a fourth Friday, though they've always talked about doing a fourth Friday. Yes. Yeah, so I have some information, or as much information has been released on Final Friday. So this movie was originally uh, supposed to be called Final Friday, but they didn't want to get it mixed up with. Uh, one of the Friday the Thirteenth subtitles that was supposed to be like mm-hmm. the finals. You know what I'm talking Friday about? Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and it's been planned for a while. It was actually greenlit in 2017. The script was like finalized that they turned in, but like undergoing some back and forth changes, and then eventually had a potential release of 2020. But that all changed after the untimely death of John Witherspoon, who died of a heart attack in in 2019 he was only 77 ice cube blamed new line cinema for not committing to the film while witherspoon was alive and on december 19th 2020 tony lister jr who plays you know debo in the first two movies died of covid19 complications on may 7th uh 2021 or excuse me uh yeah december 19th 2020 so yeah, so that kind of changed the way things yeah. would be as far as like how they would do everything and how a last Friday would turn out. So yeah, the ship's, I think the ship has sailed, sadly. No, uh, on May 7th, 2021, Ice Cube opened up about two potential scripts he had written for the film. The first one would have focused on Craig and Day Day trying to survive in prison after having their cannabis dispensary stolen by a flash mob. They both would have then found themselves in a rehabilitation hospital run by Smokey. It's <laughs> not a bad idea, yeah. Uh, Ice Cube did not give any precise details on the second script, although it is stated it would have focused around a love story. So yeah. there is potential hope for a last Friday. 
So well, you never you never know, man. It's nostalgia, is, as we were talking about, nostalgia is so popular nowadays. Yeah, I could see it happening, especially I, if they can get Chris Tucker to finally commit to it. Well, I think the whole I, I think Chris Tucker's deal is not only like money, but he doesn't want to reprise his role exactly as it was previously written. Yeah, he, so he's, he would he's be like a changed, a different person, different per- right? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, and and him being, you know, a, a part of a rehabilitation, uh, you know, kind of thing that would have, you know, that that kind of would have yeah. fit. So to me, yeah, that's that a funny happen. idea, and I, I I would be into seeing that one. To be honest with you, I, I would give I would give it a chance. All right. Uh, well, now we come to uh the. The part where we say, you know, do, would we return the movies right away uh, after renting, or would we keep them another day for another watch? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say, um, I'm, 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 I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say it like this: If you've seen the other movies in these series, then you should you should go ahead and watch the part threes. If you have not, um, they're definitely the weakest ones of the series. Uh, the first two entries of both trilogies are definitely stronger. So, because I wanted to see the uh, the part threes, I'm glad I watched them. But I would definitely get them returned on time. I don't think I would keep them for an extra day to watch the late fees. I, they're definitely my least favorites of both these trilogies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would return them both too right away. I mean, yeah. there's just nothing really. I mean, they're they're fun watches. Don't get me wrong. And I'm I'm like you. I'm glad I watched them. But yeah, there's nothing that you're like. Oh, let's watch that again. You know, it was so great. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, not, not that I not that I hated watching them. They they got me in the Christmas spirit. You know, this will be coming out right before Christmas. So mm-hmm. I needed that. Um, yeah. So you know, it's always fun to watch some non traditional Christmas movies to break up the monotony of like you know, It's a Wonderful Life and all that kind of stuff. I think it's the fourth time I've mentioned It's a Wonderful Life during this podcast. <laughs> but um, Mary. but anyway, I like that. Merry Christmas movie house. Merry Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, on that note, my friend, uh, a Merry Christmas to you. Uh, oh, wait, 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 uh, you know, wait. We can't end it oh, just yet. We can't end what's it going on? Yet. What's, what, what did I forget? Uh, movie suggestions. Oh, movie suggestions. I don't have any. You don't have <laughs> I'm any. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm okay. kidding. I, uh, All right. I, uh, you know, because I, I like the idea of non-traditional Christmas movies. Um mm-hmm. There's a great, uh, more recent Christmas stoner movie. It's probably it's probably the only one I can think of would go perfectly to fit the theme. There's a movie with uh, Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called The Night Before. Okay. It's got Justin Gordon-Levitt in it as well, and it's a, it's a fun little like stoner comedy. It's kind of a stoner comedy. I mean, it's got Seth Rogen in it, so it has to be sort of a stoner comedy. And it takes place basically on Christmas Eve. It's about three buddies who go out on a night on the town to celebrate before just the, the night before christmas and it's fun it's got michael shannon in it it's a it's a good time it came out uh two or three years ago really mm-hmm. enjoyable film all right uh, that's a really good movie suggestion matt i had not heard of that movie i'll have to to check that out um the movie that i was uh gonna suggest it's kind of one of the first um you know sort of non-traditional christmas movies that um uh that i kind of liked uh, was a movie called The Ref, where um, it's it's kind of like a black comedy starring Dennis Leary, Judy Davis, and Kevin Spacey, uh, where there's these, like, definitely there's a, a marriage thing going on in uh, in Connecticut where these couples are going through counseling, 
And then there's like a hostage situation. Like Dennis Leary comes in and uh, he's kind of taking over the house. Like it's just, they're having arguments in the movie and then, but they're still taken under hostage. And this, uh, it's just kind of around Christmas time. It's really, it's it's definitely a fun dark comedy. It's it's one I try to watch every year. Um, That's one of the ones I check out every year is the riff. Yeah. It's been a while since I've really seen it. Like you don't really see it on that much. Uh, I mean, I know it's rated R and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I know it's one that a lot of people um, uh, really like as uh, kind of one of those alt Christmas movies. So I, 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 that I like, and I and I know our, I know our, our our brother in arms, Patrick Bartlett's a big fan of the ref. He actually wrote an article on it that we that we posted last Christmas mm-hmm. about the ref. Ah. So it's, there's actually a, there's actually a, a deep dive article about it up on our website, which you guys should check out if you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mr. Bartlett, always writing good stuff. Good, good stuff. Yeah, he keeps he keeps the written words coming because I'm I'm too tired most of the time. Uh, so <laughs> me too. Thanks, Tenth. Me too. Thanks for doing that, Patrick. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I mean, and and I re- I'm like, oh, I should have wrote an article on this, but then he does such a much better job than I would have done. So yeah. it's yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's time consuming, and we appreciate his hard work. Oh, uh, for sure. All right, well, that about does it for this episode. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a great uh, new year. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll have one more episode, hopefully before uh, the end of the year. If not, we will see you in 2022. Yeah, we're going to have our season finale. Uh, Again, Merry Christmas from me. Happy New Year. Uh, And we will see you guys soon to talk about what went down during season three as we head into season four, if you can believe it or not. Anyway, I'm Matthew Estry. I'm Ryan Acre. Go watch some movies, guys. And uh, again, Merry Christmas. Thanks for checking out this episode of Video Culture. You can check us out on Twitter at Video Culture 2. That's the number two for two guys talking about movies like Ryan and myself. And you can also check us out on Facebook. Just search for Video Culture Podcast. Also, be sure to stop by our our official website, video-culture.com. There we have the entire show archives, as well as articles about film. Yeah, so check us out. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, come hang out with us, talk movies. Did you like the show? Do you hate the show? Do you like or hate the movies we talked about? Let us know. Come chat with us, and let's all watch movies together. Santa Claus in the face. He's real, and I shot him in the face. What? Do you want to see my room? Ah, married. He's single though. Bye, Kumar. Sorry, I don't date black guys. What? What are you doing? What? My daughter's in there. What? <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. Welcome to heaven. I'm Jesus. Jesus Christ. I practically run this place. Oh, for reals? I mean, my dad owns it, but I'm kind of number <laughs> one. You're one of those. Watch out! Who are those guys? I think I was starting to trip out a little bit. Those kids put something in here. Dude! 
We're claymated. Awesome. Ah! Oh my god. This is like that scene from a Christmas story. How did this happen? Oh, is it? Is it like the scene from Christmas story? Ah! I'm sorry, dude. Oh! Just walk it off. I don't know. Hasn't the whole 3D thing jumped the shark by now? You don't understand. It makes Avatar look avatarded. It's gonna be amazing. Who are you looking at? Merry Christmas. How are you still alive? What are you talking about? We saw you get shot. In that whorehouse? In Texas. You branded a prostitute. Remember? You have to be more specific. A very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. In 3D. Why don't you take your sweater off? For a massage. <laughs> Just a couple girlfriends. Okay. Get off of me! Oh, I thought you were gay! I am gay. Gay for that. Ooh. I get the munchies. Ha, 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 ha,